Why is it always orange cone season in Las Vegas? Is there even an endgame to our perpetual road construction woes? Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we get stuck in traffic with the official Clark County traffic czar, Andrew Bennett. We figure out if there's method to the madness on the streets or if we're just doomed. Plus, we learn about the next big road project that's about to get underway. You heard it here first. It's Wednesday, August 2nd. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Andrew Bennett, welcome to CityCast Las Vegas. Thank you so much for having me, David. Well, Andrew, you're the county's traffic guru, maybe even czar. What's your official title? I'm the director of uh, the Clark County Office of Traffic Safety, but I've been called the traffic philosopher, the traffic czar. Uh, But at the end of the day, I oversee traffic safety for Clark County. All right. So we got you here as a director of traffic safety, and we're going to blame you for everything traffic related. So just be prepared for that. Um, But seriously, Andrew, it it does always seem to be orange cone season here in Las Vegas to the point where, gosh, if you've been in the Valley any amount of time, you probably remember those ads from the RTC where they even poked fun at it. So I guess the big question is why? Why why do we have so many orange cones seemingly everywhere all the time? You know, at the end of the day, people people believe, you know, it's the state flower and, you know, some of these uh, cones were planted many, many years ago with the long-term infrastructure projects. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of them are safety-related, but at the end of the day, that orange represents safety growth and potential infrastructure improvements. Um, but it's making sure that we get that through to the public of when they see the cone, they know that there's you know something on the other side that's going to be a benefit. Oh, well, they know that there's a benefit, but they also know it's going to be an inconvenience. I mean, there has to be an end somewhere, right? Is there an end to that road work that's always happening in Las Vegas? And what does that look like? I don't know if there will ever be the end to road work in Las Vegas because there's always the opportunity to improve the infrastructure, right-sizing our roads and making sure that they are accessible to everyone. We are in a unique climate where we we have 24 7, 365 road construction, unlike in some of the states that have winter weather where they don't do road construction during the winter months. And so there is a unique frustration here that it is consistently ongoing. One of the you know key things that we talk about here is our region, our Southern Nevada, is still relatively young. And I think you look at any city, regardless of, it, regardless of its age, uh, there's construction constantly there's development there's growth and our hope is that you know coordination working with our regional partners working with the utilities that we can get to a point where it is better planned and so that you don't have parallel roads under construction which is where some of the frustration is but i think the orange cones are here, are here to stay you mentioned improvement you also mentioned repair do, do you have a breakdown how much of that road construction that we're seeing is improvement versus repair uh, I, so currently I'm tracking 86 projects uh, that I'm aware of. Uh, you, you realize would, that's a big number. 
<laughs> Correct. And, and when, when, when we look at, you know, region wide, that's not including a lot of the utility projects. Those are largely roadway improvements. And so when I when we talk about that 86, uh, one third is going to be development related, you know, going further to the west or to the north or to the south. I would say the other third is going to be specifically safety uh, related infrastructure, detached sidewalks, possibly adding signals, roundabouts, et cetera. And then the other third is going to be repair, whether that's just resurfacing, you know, a damaged or a cracked road, or that's going to be filling in a pothole. So it is you pretty evenly spread out between those thirds. Andrew, we deal with a lot of heat in this valley, and it's been relentless uh, this summer. Uh, does the heat mess up our roads? Do we have more repairs here because of the heat? I believe we have more maintenance than necessarily repairs. And so what that might look like is you might have noticed our, our sidewalk paint or for crosswalk paint uh, doesn't last as long. And that's just due to the sun baking it. And so those continued maintenance projects definitely increase uh, with the with the heat and the sun. Well, let's dive into road design because, you know, that seems to be an a theme of all of it, right? I mean, what are some of the biggest design problems or issues that your office is tracking and contributing to help fix right now? So specifically in the Office of Traffic Safety here at the county, we're going to be focused on that third that's, you know, specifically related to uh, roadway safety improvements. And when we look at what our goal is, it's going to be designing a self-enforcing road that slows the speeds down, which doesn't necessarily, you know, increase traffic, but it's going to be making sure that we have a safe road for all users. And you use the term self-enforcing. Um, I think I know what that means, but for our listeners, can you define that term? A self-enforcing road is a is a part of the safe systems approach to traffic safety, where humans make mistakes, crashes shouldn't be fatal. And so anything that we can, you know, do to increase redundancy uh, by adding those extra levels of protection, whether it's a detached sidewalk, uh, protected bike lane, or uh, with the self-enforcing on the speed, uh, for those familiar with Alta, you know, not every road in Las Vegas can look like Alta with those curves, which is designed to slow people down. But there are mitigation tactics that we can use, for example, decreasing the, uh, the lane width through certain roads to make sure that we have traffic going the target speed, to make sure that we have that attainable and realistic speed on our roadways. That sounds good, except that I'm sure you get pushback from people who think that, you know, by choking the roads, you're creating more traffic problems as opposed to sort of encouraging people to self-enforce to <laughs> drive an appropriate speed limit where if something bad happens, it's not going to be tragic. How do you respond to those folks? Everybody has an opinion on traffic because it's one of the few things that we experience collectively every single day, even though we might experience it differently if you're walking, riding the bus, riding a bike or driving. And there's a there's a difference between taking away a lane and eliminating throughput rather than specifically focusing on lane width. We have incredibly wide and fast roads here in Southern Nevada. And the goal is to make sure that we can continue to move people because nothing causes more traffic than a traffic collision or, or a fatality that'll shut down the road for four hours. So if we can keep that traffic moving consistently, 
that will increase uh, the number of cars that are able to move. Well, let's talk about certain streets in the valley. Uh, One that pops into mind, Andrew, prominently is Spring Mountain Road. Um, That is a strange configuration in my mind that is real hit and miss all the time. What's up with Spring Mountain? Spring Mountain is a, a road that I've been lucky to be able to dive into over the last 18 months that I've been here at the county. And I do believe that Spring Mountain is going to be our first complete street. And so that does mean there is construction on the horizon on Spring Mountain. Uh, But again, building up that infrastructure to appropriately use the road. We have a lot of people crossing the street that are parking in Chinatown and they're they're running across the street into Shanghai Plaza uh, because it always seems like Shanghai Shanghai Plaza has a a lack of uh, parking. And so making sure that we can safely get people across the street uh, to get their lactose-free frozen dessert uh, is important to us to make sure that we have a road that solves some of these problems. So number one is pedestrian safety. Uh, This is a project that I'm I'm very, very excited about. So are there other design innovations that you think that the county is most proud of? Just in the last year, year and a half that I've been here at the county, seeing the evolution of our, of our thought process on how we are designing and building roads and we're building roads to move people and not just cars is something that I'm extremely proud of. And what that might look like is, for example, we're building a horse path on Warm Springs in between Dean Martin and Decatur down in the Southwest. But when it comes to roadway design, looking at what we need versus what has been planned, uh, we have a rather old system of classifying our our roadway infrastructure and our roadway network. Everybody might be familiar with the term of arterial versus collector, making sure that we look at these roadways and not every roadway needs to be that three lanes in each direction at 45 miles an hour, especially when it's adjacent to residential. And taking that time to take a step back, look at it regionally and really develop out that, uh, that network. Well, maybe we could start explaining some of those terms because, uh, first of all, arterial versus collector, what is the difference there? Southern Nevada is largely laid out in a grid, and everybody's familiar with the freeway exits. You know, north to south, you have Decatur, Jones, Rainbow, Buffalo. East to west, you have Tropicana, Flamingo, Spring Mountain, Charleston, Sahara. And those are going to be the, the arterials. Desert Inn is a super arterial. And an arterial is designed to have the bulk majority of the traffic, you know, take it from the freeway, distribute it onto the the rest of the network. And those are largely 120 foot wide roads uh, that have traditionally been a minimum of three lanes in each direction. And then a collector? A collector is the one step down. You know, it's going from the arterial down to the, the collector level. Traditionally, it's been two lanes in each direction, about 80 feet wide. You know, mixed use, definitely on the collectors, you might see a little bit more residential. For example, Fort Apache and El Capitan uh, in the west side of the valley run parallel to each other. Fort Apache is defined as the arterial. And if we have the opportunity to build El Capitan up to support the other modes of transportation besides vehicles, so whether it's pedestrians or bicycle safety as well. So... 
what I'm hearing is it's not that we want to get rid of some of those faster, wider roads to get through town. We're just trying to be a little bit more, I don't know, thoughtful or innovative about how we get to those faster, wider roads. Is that kind of a fair assessment? That's generally correct. And, you know, we are going to have those different definitions and not every road is built and designed the same way. For example, there's a road in the south part of the valley uh, that goes into Henderson, but it comes off the freeway in Clark County, uh, unincorporated Clark County with uh, Star Avenue. It's 120 feet. It goes directly through a neighborhood. It doesn't need to be three lanes in each direction. And so we're working on those improvements the next time that road is touched, that we we right size it to make sure that it it incorporates what has been developed around it. We can plan as much as we can plan, but with zoning, zoning changes frequently and making sure that that road represents the area uh, is vital. So Andrew, it sounds like there's a lot of thoughtfulness floating around, but I, I can't help but go back to the sort of the way we started this conversation is that it just seems like everything is random. Like this is something that we're fixing today and it's going to last six months, or this is something that we're going to redesign and that's going to take a year. And and there's so many of these projects. I mean, is it is it haphazard? Is there, <laughs> I guess, Andrew, is there somewhere I could go look and find a master traffic plan for Southern Nevada to see what is in the works and how long it's projected to take? Absolutely. So there, there's a map called the Regional Project Coordination uh, Map uh, that's produced by the RTC, which is every major player in the public works space, whether that's municipalities or uh, utilities. You know, looking at the map currently, and when you pull it up, you'll see there's a lot of blue and green, which are the colors for planned and in design versus being implemented currently. There's always room for improvement in communications. There's always room for improvement in sitting down and explaining it to the neighbors and the people who travel our roadways every single day. And so this map is just a start. Again, there's a lot of work on it, but that is the, the, single, the single answer to your question. As a director of traffic safety, I'm sure you get an earful all the time, but for our listeners who are on those roadways and who are getting frustrated... Um, they could be moving through a, a, a heavy orange cone zone and there's a lot of workers and stuff out there. But sometimes they see stuff that just doesn't look right, um, forcing people and wheelchairs into the roadways or being uh, non-responsive to the flow of traffic or you know, just not doing stuff that makes it easier for the commuters. Who do they complain to? Who, who do they... I don't know, uh, snitch to <laughs> that, that whoever those roadway workers are, that sometimes they're not doing it good or efficiently. The, the simple answer is every project is required to have a sign that says who to reach out to if you have questions or concerns about that specific project. Who does that go to, by the way? Is that like an answering machine somewhere in Pahrump or is that like a real <laughs> thing? Uh, it, it depends on the project, which isn't a popular answer, but you know, it, it could be the contractor or it could be the local municipality, but every public works department phone number and website is listed pretty predominantly on that municipality's webpage. And that is where I would recommend you start. You know, there's plenty of times where I've personally called something in. Uh, I live off of a major construction uh, or a major road improvement project right now, and I have for the last year and a half. 
and we have about another year to go on that one. And there's plenty of times where if something looks wrong, you should call it in. Finding that number might be difficult, but the public works department and your municipality is definitely a place to start. I guess let's bookend it then. What is our end goal? What is on the other side of all this construction? What is perfect valley traffic look like? A, a, a perfect valley to me would be a community that can safely and efficiently move from point A to point B. And safety has to be first. Efficiently is a close second. We have a, you know, a variety of different modes of transportation that we can't just focus on the cars. It is the primary you know, mode of transportation in our valley. Having that conversation of what does our valley look like in the next 100 years with public transportation, with bicycle infrastructure, with sidewalk infrastructure, but a community that can move safely and efficiently is the ultimate goal. Director of Clark County Office of Traffic Safety, a.k.a. our traffic god, Andrew Bennett, thank you for joining us on CityCast Las Vegas. Thank you so much for having me, David. Before you go, a few things you should know. The Clark County School District has filed a lawsuit against the teachers union in an attempt to prevent a potential strike, citing a Nevada state law that bans it. Despite earmarks in the state budget, salary negotiations between the school district and teachers union have soured. And whether or not the lawsuit is successful, the union is suggesting they still have some strike workarounds if the parties don't solve the impasse. Also, Amid weeks of scorching heat and record-breaking temperatures, Southern Nevada is grappling with a surge in heat-related illnesses and fatalities. Clark County has seen 16 heat-related deaths this year, and emergency room visits due to excessive heat more than doubled across the state in July alone. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. If you love the show, here's what you can do. Send this episode to your friend with the longest commute. Actually, send it to any friend with any commute. We are the perfect size for commutes. Hey, we'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Y'all take care. But I believe coming out of F1, we will learn how to shut down Las Vegas Boulevard more efficiently for events such as the the marathon or New Year's Eve. Andrew Bennett's about to shut down Las Vegas Boulevard forever. That's the that's the. If uh, that is title. the headline, you're not going to have a traffic headline. god for long. Uh, <laughs>